The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber, and Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. Pre-market's a little soggy as some of the bank earnings underwhelm. Retail sales come in a bit light on headline, up two-tenths. The Dow Industrials are riding a six-session win streak. Whoa. Our roadmap begins with the banks. B of A and Morgan Stanley top estimates, but PNC shares are under some pressure as revenue misses. Plus, we'll talk the macroeconomic picture. Retail sales notched a third straight month of gains. Goldman Sachs lowering its recession forecast. And as for stocks, well, they continue to be near those 15-month highs. We're also looking for perhaps signs of a rebound in the telecom group after just what has been a significant loss of market cap in the last couple of trading sessions. Let's start with the bank earnings uh, led by B of A and Morgan Stanley, Jim. The, the Morgan Stanley story, we'll hear from Gorman in the next hour with Leslie Picker, but this balance between wealth management revenue trying to make up for deal shortfalls. Well, I think it does. I mean, you've got, uh, so, look, you have 100 billion new net money. It, uh, that is just beats everyone by a mile. I think it's fantastic. Uh, there is uh, 200 billion in six months. It's really incredible. Now the fact that it's trading slow, uh, M and A is soft. We expect that. We hope that that changed. Comp costs were high, but it was because they took a severance. Uh, I think it's a very solid. Now my temperature is showing it. I think it's a very solid quarter, and solid should matter. Uh, we can't just dismiss it because it's only solid, David. It just doesn't make sense to dismiss a quarter that's solid. Okay. So direction for the stock off of this, what? Well, I think that Nothing? what you have to do is, is you say to yourself, okay, it's not a net interest income story. You've got all these things going. You have a lot of money coming in. And if you have M&A doing better, which I expect it will, if you have trading that's slow and do better, then it's a, a great stock to buy. Okay. Well, okay means that, that everything I just said is... Well, that's like my mother used to do that when I prattle. Like, okay, Jim. I mean, I, I think there's more to it. I think that this is the kind of situation where you have a, a great C, uh, CET one of five, 15.5. Mm-hmm. Uh, you basically have a dividend increase, a dividend that's got 4%. This is the kind, look, is it J.P. Morgan? Everything's going to be compared to J.P. Morgan. And J.P. Morgan, I told you, is a big growth stock now. Right. Uh, because they've been able to consolidate and do a lot of uh, nationwide banking. I think this is, I don't want to call this acceptable. I'm not going to call Bank of America acceptable either. I think these banks are doing incredibly well. Um, uh, now, but they're not NVIDIA. I mean, that's well, a, you know, I know. But I'll, just a quick, you know, Mike Mayo, longtime analyst at, at Wells on Morgan Stanley. A beat, mixed bag in the quarter, slightly better than expected revenue versus what had been lowered expectations. Helped by institutional securities and wealth, but mitigated by worse than expected investment management 
and expenses. Well, expenses we know is because of a severance, so I don't buy that one bit. Severances were good. I, I do think that this is, if the bank can do this well, this is the way I want to posit it. If it can do this well without M&A, okay, uh, then, without any IPOs, then what will it do when it gets M&A and IPOs? You have to be thinking about where it's going to be, not where it is. Kind of takes us to what uh, Katie Huberty of Morgan Stanley uh, publishes today in one of her chart books, and that is an inflection point for M&A. They believe, Jim, beginning in uh, 2024, equity capital markets starting to show signs of life. M&A typically next. Uh, additionally, corporates are receiving increased clarity on the regulatory front. Right. Well, I think the Justice Department is going to offer some clarity that we don't have currently from the FTC. And the Justice Department, the, look, it's run by Zealot. Jonathan Cantor's a Zealot for antitrust. He's not a He's by no means in favor of all the deals. But I do think that the, the, water, the high water mark of Lena Khan was the bridge too far that is Activision Blizzard. Uh, we've said it many times. That was a blow for the FTC, not to mention the inability to even get a stay from the Ninth Circuit for their appeal. Um, doesn't mean that they won't continue to bring cases. In fact, yeah, but a very smart person once said to me that you have to understand that in the end, it's the courts that rule. Yes. And that is. that's who you have to follow. Now, this very smart person said to me that you shouldn't just think that Lena Khan's word is gospel. Now, I'm trying to remember who that was. <laughs> but you know who it was? It was you. I know. And, and we've been waiting for the suit to happen. And, it's and the true. suit occurred. And there is an expectation, I think, that embraced by Katie Uberty, that you, know, you will start to see perhaps more M&A. But at the same time, I would just say that still companies that are faced with the possibility of still having to go to court, even with the high likelihood that they might win, if they feel like their deal really is not anti-competitive and doesn't check a lot of those potential boxes, well, they still adult, may say, you know what, we're not going to take the 18 An months. adult, Jonathan Canner, will offer something that explains things. I think the word left out by the uh, um, district court was childish, but I think she wanted to do it. Yeah. I think childish and lack of rigor, all of it would have been good words. I mean, if you, were, if you had submitted that to class, to a class, to my corporate finance class or my antitrust class at Harvard, they would have been thrown back at me and said, why don't you keep looking at stock prices and stay in the back row? Because you don't have any rigor at all. Right. We will, uh, Carl, we will update or at least try to update what's going on with Activision and Microsoft. Of course, uh, midnight, of course, is the deadline. Doesn't appear. There appears that they're going to have to extend beyond that. Um, interesting note on the capital markets, though, from her in the sense of it does create confidence. When you have a higher market like this, CEO confidence is still the key right. for M&A activity. And so... When you do see uh, strength, the, the likes that we have, and if it continues, you can't imagine that CEO confidence will rise, and then their deal-making perhaps will follow. I think that you want to look at the oil patch to see the next difference. Way too many oils. A lot of private equity companies want to be able to sell. And I, I don't think that these deals will be as routinely challenged as, say, the Pfizer, Seattle, and Genetics. Now, see, here's what's going to happen with Pfizer Genetics. That's going to be appealed to a, a court because Pfizer's got a lot of money. Uh, Nina Khan's going to lose. First of all, they've only gotten a second request. Oh, They're not on. going to court there, Jim. So just to be no. clear, they've only gotten a second no, request. No, I'm actually giving Amgen you... Amgen Horizon is going to court. Oh, that's going to, now, that's actually a harder one because there are going to be uh, the repercussions to the consumer. And Nina Khan deeply believes, the head of the FTC, deeply believes that rich people should not benefit. And have you read any of her law? Of course I have. Of course well, I have. I don't, her I just her don't so-called agree. body of I work. I don't agree with that. Assessment. Well, I mean, I, I think the Pfizer-Seattle genetics will result in 
meaningless battle by her, and it will be defeated. The, the, the problem with the Amgen one is, is that it will raise prices, and that I'm not in favor of. In, in the same way that Canner blocked airline. Remember, there were airline companies that were directly deal, uh, duking it out with each other with Florida to New York, and he looked at that and said no. He also took Stephen King's pulse when he said that the writers would do poorly in the Penguin deal. I mean, he's got rationale. You know what he has? Mm. Horse sense. As it pertains to the banks, though, actually, IB revenue up seven at B of A. Was it bright spot? I like the B of A. Now, it's very easy to yawn at B of A and talk about how, well, you know what? They're only one of four companies, Apple, uh, Microsoft, JPM, that have made $15 billion a year in four, four quarters. But I, I look at it and I just say, once again, it's a juggernaut. It's doing quite well. It happens to come after J.P. Morgan. So people are going to say, well, wait a second. It's not as good as J.P. Morgan. There's also a lot of ennui by the time you get to the banks. And then you have PNC, which is basically doing the opposite of what Wells did. Wells raised the net interest market by a crazy amount, 10 to 14. Uh, PNC went from uh, 6 to 8 to 5 to 6. Now, that's what I call not good. I think that's suboptimal, David. What happened? Well, they, did, they lowered the net interest income. I know. But I just... No, but why? Because, well, they didn't do as good a job. I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's the question I'm asking. Well, I mean, when you look at what Wells did, Wells was shocked that they made as much money off of what they got. And the efficiency ratio here was not great. The net interest income, not great. The margins, not great. The charge-offs, better than expected. Um, but... If, and they also did it with an effective tax rate of 15.5. People are looking for 18.2. So I'm regarding this as, I'm calling this one suboptimal. PNC. PNC. Sub, suboptimal. Bank of America, however, not, right? What the ROTC return on tangible common equity was 16.8%. And by the way, if you break um, I think it, that was above what had been anticipated exactly, by many of the analysts exactly who right. the company. Um, you know what we're, we're listening to the call. I think we're still monitoring it. We'll probably get some characterization of the consumer and credit cards and all those and, and AI. Uh, those AI. kinds of things. What about AI? Well, their loan officers are using AI. They're, the tellers are I mean, the people, the bank has got an AI system so that you don't actually interact with a lot of people that you would normally, which makes those people, therefore, more valuable to be able to bring in real business. That's going to be part of the theme. Bank of America is the first one. The first bank that has actually talked about the ability to keep expenses down via AI. I think that's fantastic. And By the, the way, the consumer is very strong. The reserve builds, generally speaking, Carl, have been very modest for many of these banks. Yeah. Um, uh, perhaps pointing to the fact that they also are not or not seeing signs yet of a real recession coming. Yeah. Uh, the CFO, B of A, did say the consumer is actually in pretty good shape. Yes. Uh, stocks actually turned around. It was negative earlier this morning pre-market. Yeah. They also say commercial real estate uh, credit exposure less than 2% of total loans. Well, look, commercial real estate is owned by somebody, right? But when we looked at Wells, uh, they, uh, Charlie Scharf individually looked at all the buildings, basically and said, look, this is the level that we have to do. Uh, when you look at the defaults, by the way, did you see the defaults from the mortgage numbers? It's still, the forbearance is the lowest it's been. I mean, the, the consumer is very good. And when you speak to Bank of America, the, the funny issue to say is, like, have the rate increases done anything other than make more money for the banks? They certainly have not slowed the economy. That's kind of what Goldman said last night. Yes, they A nice did. Nice piece from Hatsia saying, we worried about stuff, about growth slowing markedly in March, and the rebound probably happened happen. anyway. 
It didn't happen. And I think that one of the things that's so far interesting about this earnings season is, is that the companies that we thought were going to be most hurt by uh, when you raise rates didn't. You want to do Schwab really quick? Because that's a, the mover of the morning in terms of financials. Well, I mean, it's interesting because you actually cut numbers there. But it's just better than expected. I think that if you interviewed the CEO, I think what he would say is, na 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 na. Well, we, we that, plan on doing that what he would uh, do is. in the 11 a.m. hour. But we'll have, uh, of course, oh, I can play. Foreman, Bettinger, and Moynihan today. Well, I mean, look, it, Schwab was not bad. Schwab, again, is what we're talking about. There was a moment in time where Schwab was called into question, David, yes. for whether its minuscule banking arm was going to bring down the edifice. Well, there was also a question as to what they're actually paying customers who keep cash balances right, there and the true. fact that they might be moving those. And that's obviously a nice little lever of profitability for the bank when you're not really or but for the swap when you're not really paying. Their net interest margin expanded. Yeah. It's kind well, of but what they obviously think. combated that. And bank so deposits were somewhat up. effectively. You can see the stock has not recovered yet from the declines that took place uh, during the um, yeah. the dissolution of SVB, Signature Bank and then eventually First Republic as well. Um, but it's working its way back, and obviously today's earnings are helping that as well. We'll see what the CEO has to say uh, later well, on. What do you program. think about the fact that the, there was no panic among the actual customers? That there was so much commentary that there could be problems with the bank, but they t- took in more assets than people expected. Yeah. Does that mean that people just don't pay any attention to what we have to say? We being the media and the people who are panicked about Schwab? I don't know. I really don't, because, you know, you think about the what happened at SVB or some of the other banks, and it's a very different scenario. So I I agree. I think it's based on the customer's relationship with the institution and a lot of different things. But I think we all have to accept the fact that when we see the regionals, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, are beneficiaries. We just haven't seen the companies that have been losing deposits to the big guys. And that is going to be a theme that we are going to have to live with when the regionals report. EAC, now, by the way, we should point out, is one of the worst performing of the big banks. I mean, it the is. The stock is down about 9% this year. There are not concerns at all, per se, but they they have long-dated assets on that balance sheet that didn't work to their advantage. No, that's true. Right? Well, they should have made more money given the large deposit base they have. Right. Uh, but should it be stalled right here? I don't know. I mean, the fact is, is that it's not a growth company like JP Morgan. But, I, but the assets coming in, assets obviously didn't come into PNC. The assets coming in to those banks. Assets I think, or deposits? I mean, the deposits yeah. into those banks that we have up right now, the regional banks. Uh-uh. I don't think they're going to have what we see. I think that Wells, Bank of America, and J.P. Morgan's proving out they got the big money. That the other guys lost a lot of money. And they lost a lot of, of deposits. And that's just the way it is. Because we, that's who got scared. Uh, we'll see. There's a lot of those names uh, still to come over the next few sessions. As yes. for markets, Jim, um, yesterday's volume, maybe a three-week low. Uh, Interesting. B, B of A points out today, S&P has had 36 sessions without a 1% decline. And streaks tend not to last much longer than that. that. The VIX obviously shows you that. Uh, I think that we are now past the most beautiful quarters that you're going to get. I think we've had some really beautiful quarters, whether it be, whether it be PepsiCo, whether, whether it be uh, J.P. Morgan. Well, we got a lot of earnings. I mean, we're not but even we had the Lockheed earliest Martin. days. So you mean we had Lockheed Martin? But no, I, I. But UNH was terrific. I'm just saying that everything's been terrific. What's been bad? 
other than PNC. Massimo today is not good. Massimo is bad. Now, I guess they're going to go into what? Clothing business? I don't know. We'll that Massimo came we'll on. hit that around the The CEO bell. of Massimo came on and was trashing Apple. And I just said, wait a second. Stop it. Uh, intimating that the interview was going to be over. And I was not going to ask, by the way, an existential question about whether what happens after you die or whether Princess Bride was involved. Because <laughs> Dave is now asking all existential. Yes, it's true. Um, it's my new beat. Uh, the, the data diet continues today. Let's get some industrial production with Rick Santelli. Morning, Rick. Yes, good morning, Carl. These are June reads on industrial production. We're expecting a number near unchanged. Not to be minus half of 1%. Big miss here, down half 1%. That's the lightest, uh, the, the most negative month-over-month change in industrial production going back to the end of last year, December to be specific. And on utilization rates, also a big miss. Expecting 79.5. We end up with 78.9, 78.9. You have to go back also to the end of last year to find a similar number. We see that interest rates are down across the yield curve they're moving back down again we did see some pops even though they remained higher priced and lower yield uh, retail sales was better than expected on the control group which gets inputted into gdp and there were some positive revisions this is taking some of that away pay close attention in that tenure to the psychological level of three and three quarters percent squawk on the street will return after a short break Electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones, from powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY, a big idea that inspired the world to invest differently and still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Take a look at some S&P gainers this morning. We mentioned some of the banks. Schwab, of course, number one. That gained now nearly 8%. FedEx up there as well as we continue to keep uh, take stock of the labor situation at rival uh, UPS, uh, which also, by the way, is up in the pre-market, just not by as much. We'll get Kramer's Mad Dash as we count down to the opening bell. Don't stay with us. Welcome to the Canva guided meditation for stress at work. Impending deadline? Generate Canva presentations in seconds. So fast. Brainstorm got too big. Ooh. Summarize with AI in a click. Click, 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 click. Writer's block. Release with Canva Magic Write. Magical. Stress less and save time at canva.com. Designed for work. All right, let's get to a mad dash. We've got uh, eight minutes before we get started with trading here at the New York Stock Exchange. 
Apple. Yeah, I could have picked anything. There's a positive piece today about Alphabet that seems to be really good. There's another piece today about Amazon, how the web services, which has been going decline and growth, is going to turn around the fourth quarter. I'm picking the Jeffries piece today, which talks about Apple Services 101 and how well Apple Services are doing. Apple Music quietly gaining traction. Just the kind of overall a tone that Apple is now software as well as hardware. And if you look at it without looking at the services, then you're going to miss the move. Now, this is, by the way, almost everything involving services. Because remember, we're on the 14, 14 Pro. And what they're adding is catching fire. On top of yesterday's Morgan Stanley, brilliant piece about India. Brilliant. Now, he's about I don't, India. India and how India is going to be the major source okay. of growth. It was a fantastic piece. It was a little Tolstoy-like in terms of war and peace. When you got, you know, when it, it, was, it was just long. It was very long. It was very long. Some people compare it to Anna, Anna Karenina, the great Vronsky, one of my favorite characters. Right. But it was just long and rigorous, okay? Right. And I think the combination of India and services is what's powering this stock higher. Not, not the Vision Pro, which is next. That's 2024-25. But I, if you look at this stock, David, this is like, come on, this is a rocket ship. It is. It's NVIDIA-like. It is. Oh, there was a piece positive about NVIDIA, too. I mean, I don't know what to do. About NVIDIA? I could come in every day and say, David, today there's a positive NVIDIA. Today there's a positive Alpha. Today there's a positive Amazon. Today about I don't understand how this can happen, that every day there's a positive analyst on the stocks that we all know are doing well. But that's what's happening. Does it ju- is it justifying the moves down, up, as they did justify the moves down? It, it, is there anything in these that is actually game-changing? No, no, no. I thought that you would like this because you have historically not liked it when all the analysts... I, do, I don't. Well, they, they got to publish something, but it's, you know, there, there's, there are moments when it's of value. We tend to look for those moments. This may not be one of them. No. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. I mean, the same thing with the antitrust. I mean, you and I are, are so simpatico today that I think that people must have thought we rehearsed the show. Never. We never rehearse. It's all as it is, as it seems. You should have seen me five minutes before the show. Oh, David, I didn't. You you acted like me in the old days <laughs> I before I became Jimmy Chill. I missed an important call. I was channeling Jim. Things were flying. Things were flying, and yeah. I, I knew you were very upset and, yeah. and justifiable. That's all. You missed the biggest call I of the keep, morning. I keep missing this guy's call. All right, we got an opening bell, though, five minutes from now. We're not going to miss that, and you can catch us anytime, anywhere as well by listening to and following the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. All right, let's talk a little Verizon, AT&T. Loss of market cap, really what seems to be over this Wall Street Journal story about uh, lead-wrapped cables right. that have been put in the ground and been there for many, many years. Uh, lost some market cap, $35 billion over the last few trading sessions, $18 billion or so for uh, Verizon. Actually, more market cap loss there than at AT&T at $15 billion. That said, percentage-wise, AT&T is down uh, even more. You can see it. Uh, and Craig Moffat said it yesterday, 30 years of grinding lower for these stocks, despite what are attractive dividends. There are some questions, at least, perhaps. Uh, And of course, there are other questions about exactly what the exposure will be for this new risk that we're now suddenly uh, have been made aware of. Um, You know, AT&T has by far the most 
uh, exposure it would seem like in terms of locations past, given its history as the original Ma Bell. Uh, although, again, the AT&T now is really Southwestern Bell, if you remember. They just took the name. But anyhow, yeah. uh, they do include a number of the significant uh, bells from that period. Um, you know, we just don't know, Jim. We talked about it yesterday, a bit of a rebound today. Many saying, at least, this seems to be overdone, but the problem is you just can't quantify at all what the liability might be. No, but there's a very specific mention in a, uh, an article by Scott Moritz, who worked with me for years at the street, which talks about how that there are areas, the banks of the Passaic River in New Jersey, a playground in Wapshire's Falls. Well, if you are a plaintiff's attorney, you now know where to go uh, to see groundwater poison, and that's what they'll do. They will advertise, and they will suggest if you um, had, or any of your children had any sort of brain injuries or breast cancer or an instance of cancer, then uh, we would welcome you to uh, join a class action right. because we have uh, advertising which allows you to do that. So, I mean, there you go. I think that the people who are on the banks of the Passaic River or nearby, including me, uh, would want to find out why we have so much breast cancer in our area, and perhaps it's related to that. It does. Look, when you have your target of where it is, look at the forever chemicals. Once they had the target of where they were, there was no stopping the plaintiff's lawyers. It's just the way it is in our country. Uh, that's what's happened. And until you get rid of that process of plaintiffs to be able to, who you can round up, then uh, I would not be I would not be in Verizon. Right now, I'd be in Wappinger's Falls, and I would be in the Passaic area and be sure that, it, that there's no, uh, that they had nothing, no memos that say, this is the killer. Do they have any memos in the discovery which says that they knew that this could cause problems? Because that's the old right. Johns Mansville, which is, hey, man, we know that asbestos is bad, but hey, let's just not mention it. And that's how you got the tremendous asbestos banks. Uh, the other thing on T today, well, two things. One is um, yielding 8-2. Uh, some argue it's an indictment of using dividend yields as your chief investment barometer. Yeah. Uh, the other is uh, Sonnenfeld last night arguing that they fell behind on 5G because they were distracted by content and getting into the right. Hollywood game. Well, um, that may be true. Right, uh, you know, that obviously is uh, is over and done with. That was a major decision made by John Stanky at AT&T uh, and is now obviously uh, AT&T shareholders who hung on still have a significant ownership stake right. in Warner Brothers Discovery, which is those assets. Well, but, 3M could have been distracted uh, But the by competition between Verizon and AT&T is one we've talked about a great deal and not to mention our, current, our parent company Comcast and Charter which owns the Spectrum brand. Uh, T-Mobile is the one name, and of course is not in any way at risk here in terms of these lead-wrapped no. cables, because it's a pure morning, wireless company. Was, was Ledger right about Dumb and Dumber? Yeah, you know, and he's, he's still having fun with that. Uh, yeah, he's still having fun with that. Um, I, I, I tend to be in touch with him. Uh, I do think that what's happened is uh, they're, t this, you know, I think people misunderstand. If you go back to when Mike Roman took over at 3M, there was, you got to page 64 before you ever saw anything in his, in his K about that there were some groundwater problems. And at that point, it was in Minnesota and Georgia. And now if you take a look, 
the problems are worldwide, and they've had a $10 billion settlement, and it's meant very little. Uh, the combat arms, veterans who have been uh, injured in, in their hearing, several hundred thousand, does that really matter? That's a chart of litigation. It's not a chart of their earnings. And right. I think that when you take a look at what the plaintiff's bar can do, I know. I, well, let, let's, let's keep in mind, it's also the potential remediation that would have to be undertaken by AT&T, potentially Verizon. Right. There's a couple of other names here, Lumen, Frontier. It's the remediation well, of, remedi- this, well, of remediation. this potential problem, which we still know very little about. Well, you, if, if you have, remember, you need plaintiffs. But you need plaintiffs, plaintiffs but... They're hard. Or, they're not that know, hard to come just, by, right. and the remediation could be expensive. But you know, these expensive. are not Exxon remediating very the Gowanus, where a lot of fish were dead. No. And I found that out because I read next door. You like next door. You've always I, liked I, next look, door. Look, I like, like the headlines. At least it's less cool because it's usually like my dog is lost. Okay, and I do want to say that that yesterday we had to put Marley down. Oh my gosh. I'm he so, had I'm so 5 sorry. years old. He had esophagus problem and he had pneumonia. Oh no. And our lives are kind of torn asunder. Oh. 5 years and I'm trying to get past it and no one can get past it but um, my I salute Lisa for having to do the That's thing. That's always so difficult. But it's just we brought in all the you know when you take that decision it's not done idly and it does change your mind about it, you're not going to snap back tomorrow. Nope. Nope. Marley was my buddy. Um, yeah. We hope you'll find I'm a sorry new companion, Jim. He was a, you know, by the way, saved from a kill center in t- Tennessee. You know, he's a mutt. Uh, we'll be thinking of you. And Thank these, you. Uh, you know, d- David does mention uh, Warner Brothers Discovery. Goldman today uh, remains our top pick. Even with the uh, environment in Hollywood right now, they think that a lot of the factors are within their control. Merger uh, milestones, uh, the rebranding of Max. Uh, they still think that... Um, the, the deleveraging process can continue here. Yeah. I think the target's 20. Yeah, I mean, I... I That's a pretty significant move from here. Didn't you think that that piece was a bit fanciful? Which piece was that, Jim? But the Warner Brothers is the one that's in best shape because of the changes at the max, at, you know, max, what they're doing. After you all know, the things you told me about, about sports. Sports is a question that, you know, they will fight back hard against the idea that without the NBA, it makes some of, you know, the networks such as TNT not um, particularly viable. They will say, that's absurd. And we have a lot, you know, the NCAAs, they got a lot of other things, not to mention the digital rights and things of that nature. Um, second half of the year is going to be very important for this company in terms of pres- uh, providing, or I should say, producing the free cash flow that is anticipated to, as Carl said, to live up to the investment thesis that is out there from those who are very positive on the company. They do that and they solve a lot of, uh, they at least answer a lot of the naysayers, I think. And that'll be the question, we'll see. Well, but Sean Malone's saying about it. And it's a tough environment, as we've said. Bob Iger made it very clear. Oh my God, that linear, was... Linear cable networks yeah. and the advertising market is not particularly strong in this area either. So that's hard. Um, they are, though, already break even and moving into potential profitability on their streaming service forget, at Max, uh, which Comcast. is obviously different than Disney Plus. Comcast snuck in a couple of bucks increase in Peacock. Peacock for our parent company, yeah. Although, did you get the emails? I had an email not long ago offering me Peacock for $19.99. Is that friends and family? No. I don't. Well, maybe uh, it was. I don't know. I'll show it to per, you. you guys per month? Per yeah. year? Per quarter? For uh, per month? Whole year for 1999. I didn't get that. Yeah. 
when I got that was in June. I binge on it and I didn't get it. 1999. That's, That's unbelievable. Yeah. That's I'm gonna pick so, you I'm do gonna wonder, get Bernthal Odenkirk to straighten it out. Discounting, I guess. Like these there's a list price for a lot of these streamers, but then they'll throw throw you know offers at you right. along it's the, the gap, way. The gap dynamic. Remember back in the day you'd have a yeah. book full of gap coupons in your drawer? Yeah, Cole's cash, my friend. Yeah. But you know, I am um Look, $2 is, if it can last, I, I go, it's fine. Max, I pay. I get the max, then I get a max bulletin every night. I'm kind of like, well, my friend Max. I mean, I'm going to try to block Max. I, did you get that? You didn't block that? You just got it. I don't know what you're talking about. The, the Comcast, the Peacock, I didn't get a discount. I did. What can I tell you? I guess I'm special. Aren't we supposed to get it free anyway <laughs> as employees? Don't look at me. I'm binge it. I, you know, so, I mean, but yeah, 20 bucks for the year is a good yeah. deal. Well, we got a price hike on that front. Also, I don't know if you know, saw the uh, headlines regarding Ralph Lauren, CEO, arguing they're going to continue to increase prices. I mean, he had the best quarter. He had the best quarter. Ralph Lauren, I mean, all these di- different industries are trying to price in a changing environment. Yeah, I mean, Ford was really caught yesterday, and the stock's going down again today because people are questioning whether they really had a waiting list. But I think what they said is look, we have a lot of people who want it. But we have to be competitive. Remember, GM is about to come out with a Silverado. It reminds me, reminds me very much of a, in, the internal a combustion engine uh, duke out between the F-150 and the others. Remember, Riff, Rivian is winning that. Ralph Lauren had the best apparel quarter. Patrice LeVay is so non-promotional, it drives me crazy. I'm always calling him and saying, could you, like, give me some ammo? No. I mean, almost every CEO wants to give me some ammo. Almost no. every CEO what? Wants to give me some ammo. Right, and they didn't want to. No, no. So what do you take from that? They must be doing incredibly well. They do a lot of TikTok. They wanted to be in the, in the uh, Meta Mall. There was ever going to be a Meta Mall, but it seems like that that's not longer the focus for Meta. I don't know if you noticed it. Um, can I talk about Massimo for a second? There's Meta. I did Massimo a, win the recent thing against Dario a, and the I mean, it's not class. that large a market cap. It's getting smaller all the time. It's losing uh, about a, a fifth, if not more, of its market value. MASI is the symbol. This company is, uh, you know, they develop, manufacture, market, patient monitoring technologies, automation, and connectivity solutions, um, again, in the healthcare industry. Um, here's a quick note from Wolf Research. Inconceivably bad second quarter pre-announcement. <laughs> Just about Sorry. every possible excuse in healthcare. Let's be very clear. This update strains credulity. It oh does not God. jive with most of what we're hearing from the rest of the space. Sure, Massimo's business is different than the rest of the space, and there are hints that there are Massi-specific issues here and the excuses, but to hear generally good animal spirits most intra-quarter and hear managed care complain and then see an unprecedented 20% revenue whiff from this company makes you wonder. That's all I got for you. And you can see this investors are taking it out on the company right now. Well, I mean, when he, when Joe Kennedy, when he was the CEO came on, he directly said that he was better than Apple and you know, all this stuff in healthcare. And, and I question whether that was a good idea to tackle, really attack Apple in terms yeah. of the things that you can do wrong. Now, can I talk about somebody who did something right? Novartis. Novartis. Novartis finally did something. Vastnara Sim 
buying back stock. Uh, you're talking about the Sandoz spinoff. Uh, really a tremendous quarter. And I think that I have to say that this is the quarter that it may be the breakout quarter for Novartis. Oh, we, yeah, had, uh, we had uh, David Ricks and Lilly on yesterday. Oh, about I love Elsa. what he said. Now, a lot of people say, hey, it was all new, but it was reported earlier. I come back and say it's verification of all the things he's done. David Ricks is the star of, of healthcare right now. Let's just understand that. And uh, he, he's, got the, he's got a very good Alzheimer's, but the Moderna, the company he bought, by the way, which actually allows you to lose weight without losing lean muscle. If that could come true, that would supplant both Wagovi and Moderna. And I think Moderna's going to be the big, most, big, greatest selling drug of all time. But there's no doubt about it. David Ricks, when he comes on the show, he comes to play. Yeah, uh, very, That's great interview. Really clear explanation of what happened uh, in their Alzheimer's development. Great interview. Yeah. Um, Ecom, Jim, Pinterest. Above 30, well, one of the things, uh, as Evercore goes to outperform 41. We keep seeing that the consumer packaged good companies are trying to reach the consumer, the young consumer, where they are. And it's there. I mean, David, it, the younger consumer is not watching. I don't know. What it, What do they have, these shows, that, you know, the regular shows? Linear TV shows. Well, there's not, none of us are going to be watching much other than reality programming at this point. Well, 90 minutes. Have you seen that show? No. Well, 60 minutes is going to be 90 minutes. They're adding 30 minutes. Oh, they're going to add 30 minutes. Yeah, it's called 60 90 minutes. minutes. 60 minutes, 90 minutes. And that's where maybe the younger consumer, not unlikely. But Pinterest is a place to put ads. They've gotten much better at what they do. It's a really good company. It's, it's a way to get hold of young people, particularly people who bake at home and want to take travel. I think it's a little junked up with ads personally. But I do feel that that's where they've decided. The general advertising public has decided, let's go back to Google, let's go back to Amazon, let's go to Pinterest. I even well, know about go going to Snap. By the way, TikTok, you somehow leave that out. But that's the juggernaut. Well, I like Reels. I know you do, but TikTok is the juggernaut. It is. How about Diller's point regarding the strike? And that is that the, the new marginal players, Apple, Amazon, they don't care. for them... This is it means, it's just, it's secondary, like, tertiary. Yeah, uh, it, it is amazing to think about how the world's changed. They don't care. I mean, you think about what Amazon yeah. spends. Now, there are those who say they still don't understand why Amazon is intent on pursuing this business as part of its prime service and what they spend on content, sports rights, everything else uh, would be perhaps better spent. Again, some say in terms of putting it back to grow the core business. Um, but... Yeah, it's a distraction. It's nothing. Right. For I mean, Apple, it means nothing what no. they spend. I mean, Idris Elba is, is in this uh, hijack. Okay, you look at it and you think, well, I'm actually discussing whether the quality of hijack is good. I'm not talking about the picket line at Apple. I mean, Apple could buy the whole thing. They just would say, okay, I'll buy every writer. All right, let me own every writer. Right? Every, if you're a writer, I'll own it. Apple's the money to do that. Yes, Apple has the money to do anything it wants. So it makes hundred billion dollars. It's a, year. a nation state. Yes, more powerful than the U.S. government, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Fish in his locomotive. Jeffries today goes uh, to two twenty-five. Apple, unbelievable. We are, we are getting uh, some uh, some headlines regarding former President Trump and a post that he made today on Truth Social. For that, we'll get to Eamon Javers. Hey, Eamon. Good morning, Carl. The former president is saying on his social media platform that he has received a target letter from the special counsel, Jack Smith, 
Now, that would indicate that the investigation into the events of January 6th are at a very late stage. Uh, not clear what would happen next, but typically when someone receives a target letter, that is one of the last steps in an investigation before an indictment or a potential arrest. Uh, the former president says here on his uh, social media platform that he received the target letter on Sunday evening. Uh, he says this target letter, this entire investigation, of course, is without merit, according to the former president. Uh, he also says that the letter gave him four days, which he says a very four, uh, short four days, to report to the grand jury, which the former president says, which almost, there's some typos here, almost always means an arrest and an indictment. Uh, so the former president and a very long and, and somewhat rambling uh, post here, uh, very, very critical of this process. We'll have to wait and see if there's any official response here from uh, the special counsel's office or uh, from the Department of Justice. But that's what we know as of right now. Carl, back over to you. Uh, Amen. Appreciate that. Uh, we'll watch yeah. that, obviously, uh, given uh, the some of the parallels we have going in, in various parts of investigation. Uh, meantime, uh, Dow up 129, uh, shooting for seven straight days higher. We have not had a seven-day win streak on the Dow since March of 2021. And how about the transports up over 2%? Hitting a new 52-week high, we get a little confirmation from the transports. That's something that there are people, strategists that we know, have missed that. But I'm not going to mention their names because what's the point of bringing up Mike Wilson? <laughs> Shoot, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, the Dow theorists uh, enjoying today with the S&P back to 4526. Don't forget, a quick reminder, you can always get in on the CNBC Investing Club with Jim. Sign up and find out more at cnbc.com slash join the club or use your phone, use the QR code on your screen. It takes you right there. As we go to break, uh, most of the data of the morning is out of the way with retail sales and industrial production, but we'll get some inventories and NAHB in about 15 minutes. The run of the cruise lines continues this morning. Carnival up almost 5%. Uh, it's Argus this time. They go to buy, target a 21. They say more marketing spend, uh, better liquidity, less of a chance of uh, new shares being issued. Although NCLH does get cut today by Truist just on some of the outperformance lately. We'll get stopped trading with Jim after a break. It's time for Jim and Stop Trading. Yeah, one of the continual themes of uh, Magnificent Seven during this period, and J.P. Morgan, this is a very interesting piece about the Internet, and it says that Amazon's their best idea. And once again, what they're saying is Amazon's being conservative and that Amazon Web Services, which has been going down its growth rate, is going to inflect and go back up in the fourth quarter. Now, the pressure here is that if it doesn't happen, this stock will get clobbered. And I've got no confirmation that it might happen. So I think a lot of this is just conjecture that generative AI is going to generate a huge amount of business. If it doesn't, then this stock is vulnerable. Now, my travel trust owns it. I don't want it to be vulnerable. But I just hear when this increasing drumbeat of how well they're doing and how they're going to inflect in the fourth quarter is not necessarily based on fact. And it might as well be based on fiction, which worries me. Uh, people were asking in the, in the wake of Prime Day, whether that was a bit of a pull forward or reflective of uh, Q3 revenue trends. Uh, again, I, I think that to know that is to be ahead of their own CFO, which I don't want to be ahead of. Uh, I think that Amazon is a great company, uh, but is the Amazon Web Services growth rate has slowed dramatically. And the idea that generative AI is going to make it turn around the fourth quarter may turn out to be fanciful. So I'm just warning people that every analyst that I know says, 
it's time to buy Amazon. It's been a very important call, but it requires the fourth quarter to inflect. And I have no evidence whatsoever that that will happen. And my challenge just knows it. Is it the worst performing MAG7 name? Yeah, well, it hasn't done anything yeah. for a very long time. And you know, David, the free cash flow has not been there. No, that's not. Right. But the AWS growth rate is the key, as you say. Right. And that inflects, then the stock will. But I just think people at home have to know that a lot of analysts are saying, hey, you know what? The company's being really conservative. And I have said, and I deal with the company, that they have been accurate, not conservative. And so I don't, I don't want to encourage people to come in and just start buying it here. Wow. I said it. Yep. I broke the orthodoxy. <laughs> David, I smashed the Ten Commandments. You know who I am. Well, you smashed the 15. 15, yeah. and, then, and then there's 10 left. Yeah. Yeah. I got to uh, go watch 90 Minutes. <laughs> What's tonight? Uh, I have a company called Splunk that is on, and uh, it has been a very, very controversial company. Gary Steele runs it. A lot of people feel that Gary could make it for sale. He sold his last company. Uh, it's been... Uh, uh, let's say a, a controversial stuff. Yep, that name always comes up as a potential acquisition as a, Yeah, target. I know. Always, yeah, always surprised me. Yeah, never never bride. Yeah. But I want to uh, caution people that when companies say things uh, that are not that are negative, a lot of times they are not playing under promise over deal. They're not playing over delivery. They're not playing UPI. Right. They're just telling it as it is. So I just think that if Amazon came out and said any of the things that the analysts would say, I'd feel much more comfortable. But as it is, all this, all that saying, I, I prefer Schwab. <laughs> yep, Schwab is a mover. Actually, so is Morgan. Jim, we'll see you tonight. Uh, Morgan yeah. Stanley's on the move as well. Oh, see, that's good. That was a great quarter. I mean, oh, and we have him? Yep, we'll talk to him. Tell him I said hi. He's the, he's the real deal. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.